Well, hey, and welcome to the Move Church Forward podcast with Nick Newman. I'm your co-host, Noah Black, and our hope for this podcast is that it will help you overcome obstacles and move church forward. And so we've been talking about, this is part two of how to handle when people leave your church. And in part one, we got a good little ways through it and we're like, yep, we know this is going to be a two-parter. Uh, right. There's a lot of content here. And so this is just picking that up, but would encourage you to go back, to go listen to that if you haven't listened to it yet. Uh, so that way you can be caught up. And so we initially talked about in part one, how to handle whenever people leave the church poorly. And so we want to talk about in the second part, a little bit more of how to handle uh, replacing an individual or how to work through that and then how to help people leave well. Yeah, so, you know, when we're thinking about um, transitions and people leaving, you know, sometimes the hardest ones are the really uh, great doers, but the not-so-great leaders. Right. Right, like, um, maybe they're like, they are the best kids person in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. But they just didn't build a team, right? And so now you're you're losing the face of a ministry area, but there's no like support or infrastructure that's there, right? I mean, I've taken over our kids ministry like twice in the life of our church, mm-hmm. and I took over worship one time. Now, here's what you gotta know about me: uh, I don't do kids and I don't do worship. <laughs> but here's what I do do. Uh, (laughs) I do leadership development. Right, yeah. And when we're thinking about losing somebody uh, and there's no one to replace them, well, the first thing we need to do is just realize that, like, let's be a little more proactive than that. Yeah, yeah. If, If we're looking at a ministry area right now and there's no one else to lead it except for the leader, we're not doing our job as ministry leaders. Our job as a ministry leader is to equip people for ministry. Yeah. Which doesn't mean that I'm not a doer at all. Yeah. It just means that I'm a doer with a purpose. Yeah. And that purpose is not to execute the task. That purpose is to equip other people to execute the task. Right. And so as a leader, like, I don't ever want to be in the position where if somebody leaves, like God calls them elsewhere, like, let's pray, hey, they're leaving well. If they're leaving well, then, man, we want to make sure that we're ready to fill that role. Otherwise, they may stay longer than they need to and cause more harm than they do good because they're walking in disobedience. So so how do we do that? Like, we go ahead and and we just kind of say it around here. There's two things that we say. One, like, do you pass the bus test? Mm. Um, In other words, if you as a ministry leader, like, we didn't invent this at all. Yeah. Right. because it's kind of dark. Um, if you as a ministry leader like walked outside right now and you got hit by a bus, could your ministry function without you? 95% of people would say, absolutely not. Then you know what you need to work on. Yeah. Like you have some good things that you can be working on. Yeah. Anytime I realize I don't pass the bus test, I make a list of like, what do people not know that I do? Or what are things that I do that there's no reason why it's just me doing them? Yeah. You know, um, 
early on in the life of our church, you know, we were a young church plant. Um, we were a year old, and uh, I tore and had reconstruction surgery on both of my Achilles. Mm-hmm. And I remember just the um, there was one Sunday I was supposed to have a guest speaker. And he ended up not being able to make it. And so I taught from a wheelchair, um, having just had surgery like a couple days before that. Right. And I was supposed to keep my feet elevated like 24-7 for like the first couple of days. Yeah. But I'm in a wheelchair. I'm teaching. I'm there on Sunday. While I'm teaching, my foot swells and my toes turn purple. And so I like <laughs> shift my body posture. I like elevate my, I try and elevate my foot above my head, like while I'm teaching so that I don't lose my toes. And I just realized this thing is way too built on me. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> like we didn't learn leadership development in the beginning because we liked it. We learned it because it was absolutely necessary. Yep. Like yep. I went through a season in our church where like for, for an entire year, I wore a pair of shoes three weekends i was either in a boot or in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. the entire year had to learn how to walk all over again so my ability to execute was kind of there as long as i didn't have to walk yeah but when you're a church plant like set up and tear down you walk a lot (laughs) so we had to do leadership development and uh and i still like i'm still asking myself like can i pass the bus test and if the answer is no Let's do something. Yeah. I think it's also a great opportunity for you as a ministry leader to like, hey, you need a Sunday off because mm. you need to rest. But I always see what doesn't work without me when I'm not there. Yep, 100%. And so we've even talked about like making sure there's intentional weekends where I just don't show up. Yeah. Like, where am I at? I don't know. I might be in the mountains praying with Jesus. I might be guest teaching at another church. Regardless, I'm not there. And if there's something that takes place that doesn't work because I'm not there, we've now identified another crack that we get to work on together. Yep. Yep. Um, So be proactive. But the second thing is um, when we look at a ministry area and we realize like, hey, we are losing a face, like we're losing a big ministry leader, and there's no individual to fill that role. We never hire quickly mm. to like just fill that gap. Yeah. Um. And and this may change the longer our church is around, and and the more we go and grow and and stuff. But we don't currently do outside hires anymore either. Mm-hmm. Just some people have great success with them. We never really have. Um, I've found that if you can find somebody that already has your culture and your DNA and compensation becomes the reward for faithfulness, not compensation is because of the job you do. Like yeah. that's a total different like mindset right. with people. Um, but when we like transitioned, you know, your role was very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a worship pastor at the time uh, who really gave us a like a two week notice mm-hmm. and there wasn't like a very well developed team at the time or, or anything like that. And so uh I remember coming to you and going, Hey, uh <laughs> you're gonna have more responsibility. Yeah. Like I just I think in that conversation I said, I just need you to step up. 
Yeah. I didn't give you any specifics. Yeah. I didn't tell you what it looked like because the reality was I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and, and, and as a leader, like sometimes we like, like we don't, we, we oversell people. Yeah. Um, don't. I don't, yeah. I don't have to tell you what I don't know. Yeah, for sure. That's that's ignorant. Yeah. Like I sometimes I just go, look, man, we're we're on a journey together. Like yeah. blindly walking. Yeah. We both yeah. by faith, not by sight, individuals right now. Yeah. Um, but what we also did in that season is I told you, like, hey, I feel like you're the next guy mm-hmm. for this department. Um, but I didn't give it to you. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, we walked in a room. It was my office back at our, our old office location. Yep. And there were three of you. And I walked into that room and I said, hey, over the next four months, one of you is going to naturally rise to be the leader of this organization. Yeah. Like this this ministry department. Yeah. Leaders rise. Yeah. It's natural. Right. By the time we tell you who the leader is, you'll already be serving. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Like it'll just be natural. Yeah. And uh, I've done that in multiple ministry areas within yeah. our church. And I think it, it, it really is effective. Like, don't feel like you have to replace one person with one person. Like, yeah. let a team come together, yep. so fill good. the gap, and let a leader kind of naturally rise to the top. Yeah. Yeah. And just to speak into that, I think that it's, it was a really powerful moment just from, like you said, from the first conversation we'd even had to, end game like me taking over the worship department i remember like you said you didn't you didn't have all the answers you just came and, and basically long story short like you said you just said hey I need, I need you to step into this and for me at the time like that wasn't on my radar i was i was content with just hey I, i'm good with playing drums every single week and like good with that but it was in that moment like it wasn't that you had to have all the answers it was just a big moment of it clicked for me and like oh okay there's more to this that God had had in store for me and that he had given you yeah. insight on, even though it wasn't the full picture of yeah. what it was yet. And so um, if you have those people that, that you've like, God's given you some really big direction and clarity for where they're going, know that you don't, you don't need to have all the answers because once you start that conversation, whether they receive it immediately or not, God's going to continue to work in that person's heart and that because it'll continue to overflow and begin to make people think. And so just from my experience, like you speaking into that yeah. helped me to realize there was more, more in me than I'd even saw in myself. And so it's huge. And that's why we don't fill roles. We call out giftings. Yep. Yep. So like to, to fill a role is to say, we just need somebody in the same position to do the same thing that they were doing. Yep. Well, let me tell you, with, with an underdeveloped team, that's not what you need at all. Yep. Like you, you don't need that. And I don't think it does any person justice to try and fit the mold of another leader. Mm, like that's yeah. not how God designed you or created you. Yeah. So my responsibility is not to fill a position, yep. but to go... In the space you're going to occupy in this next season, here are the gifts that I see in you yep. that I want to call out of you. Yep. At the time, if I just looked to fill the role, you weren't the guy. Yeah. Because you were the drummer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where we were back then. Yeah. You know, you lead worship for us now. You, you sing. Uh, at the time, man, the only kind of like singing I had heard you do, we were, we were chatting earlier yeah. before this, like it was some like, emo screamo you know what i'm saying like (laughs) like death growls and and the stuff that you're like it 
that might be the devil, you know? Like, we yeah. may have to cast demons out of Noah before he drums next time. That was that was all I'd heard. And, right. and I remember um, we were bringing in guest worship leaders every single weekend because we really didn't have vocalists. Yep. And I came to you one, uh, one Sunday. I said, hey, man... Um, you got two weeks. Yep. <laughs> we're and killing it. <laughs> I said, we're done bringing in guest worship leaders. Yep. You're leading worship for us. But it was, again, it was one of those things where I was praying, I was fasting, I was seeking after the Lord. I realized what we were doing wasn't working, and I just had to make a shift. And yeah. I'll take a teachable person over a talented person. Yeah, day. that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. And if you're a pastor or a church leader looking for that, as we're talking about how important it is to go ahead and set up rhythms of being a replaceable person uh, to make sure like that, that you're not the only person that knows how to fulfill an area of ministry. Don't feel the weight of, man, what if I bring this to this person of, Hey, I, w- I see this in you that right. they're going to see you as crazy. Cause let's, let's be real. Like if they see you as crazy, it, it, they might, but it'll actually spark something in them that it, it it'll end up, overflowing and then really, really triggering something that, that God has given you to speak over their life. And then they'll be able to step into a new level of anointing that they never saw in themselves. And so if you don't have that conversation, you may be withholding something that God had really, really intended for them to step into. And so don't feel that pressure of, of worrying about, man, what are they going to think if this seems like way out there? And so it's a, it's a step of faith moment, but it's really, really huge. You're also never a leader unless you lead them. Yeah, that's true. So, so, like, that's your role. That's mm-hmm. your assignment is to uh, look into their future yep. and call out what they can't see yet. Yeah. Because leadership is taking people on a journey that they never knew they wanted to go on. But once they arrive, they're so grateful yeah. that they were a part of it. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. And that I think that's – we've hit on a lot of those points of – how to handle like those types of situations where people either leave poorly or abruptly or things like that. Um, we've also experienced people leaving and they leave really, really well. They yeah. leave very honorably. Um, and it's a, it's a really, I mean, honestly, it's something to celebrate. Like it's an incredibly 100%. crucial thing. Um, and so in that, uh, whether it's through past circumstance of how you've seen people lead well, or just how you would encourage, what can, what can we do as church leaders to help give people direction in whenever they they feel like, hey, God's God's telling me that I need to go this direction. How would you encourage people to step into that? Yeah. So when it comes to um, like helping people lead, well, I think we have to do just that. That we have to help them know how to leave a church well, mm-hmm. because I think we've taken um, we've taken too many like metrics or notes from how we leave a job mm-hmm. and we've adapted those with the local church yeah because i serve at the church so i treat it like my job yeah so when i go to leave and i go to a a better job or i find a better church and i, I said you can't see me i'm doing air quotes because better <laughs> is relative um I'm gonna keep doing air quotes, right? Because you know, you you know, right? When you see the people and uh, and they tag the church up the road, and they're like, "I'm so glad I finally found a church." And I'm be like, "You about to finally find these hands?" You know what I'm saying? Um, 
No, but when when they when they when they do that, um, they're just they're just reproducing what they've done in the workplace. Yeah. Because when they left their last job, to when they got to their new job, they felt obligated to talk about how bad the last place was. Yeah. Yep. Doesn't mean the last place was bad at all. It just became the target. At the next place. Yep. So I always look for how people talk about their last church. Because how huge. somebody talks about their last church and their last pastor is normally how they talk about you down mm-hmm. the road. Yep. And I used to think that that was wrong. And now I have eaten my words uh, <laughs> too many times to count. Yeah. Um, but a, a few like practical things. Um, I have an open door policy here at mm-hmm. Rebel Church. And, and what that means is um, I'm always open to talking about mm-hmm. the conflicts that you have, right? particularly the conflicts you have with me. Some people have issues with the way we do church. I don't really like to spend a lot of time on that because um, you and I can differ on methodology and still make it to heaven. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're good. But if I've done something to offend you, like if I've done something to hurt you, we should talk about that. Yeah, 100%. Like scripture's pretty clear on, on, on that. Um so I think having an open door policy where people can come and they can talk to you like is important if if that's you know a thing and but I'll say this too people rarely take me up on it yeah um it it's strange the people closest to me take me up on it yeah because they know it's legit yeah like when I say I have an open door and you can come talk to me about like beef that we have like I mean it. Yeah. Like it's genuine, it's sincere. You can walk into my office, you can tell me you hate me. Been there, done that, right? Like <laughs> some days hate me too. Um like we can deal with that. Yeah. Um what hurts is when you have an open door policy and then people don't use it and then they feel like or or they say things like, "Well, you're intimidating." Yeah. Well, I opened my door to you. Yeah. So 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 am I intimidating or did the enemy deceive you? Yeah. Into it's thinking true. That you couldn't approach me when I told you my door is open, like yeah. we can have a conversation. Yeah. Um. But I've got. Uh, I don't think people know how to leave a church, so I'm gonna give you like four things, uh, four like quick thoughts that I've got, um, on it. One, don't make decisions, uh, with heightened emotions. Yeah. When your church kicks off a, a new giving campaign and you don't like where the money's going, don't make a decision to leave your church. Yeah. When the church hires a new youth guy that you think's a little weird, don't decide to leave the church. When you have a conversation with somebody in the lobby who's a staff member and you thought the conversation should go a different way, don't leave the church. Yeah. Whenever there's something you disagree with, here's the thing. When I disagree with my family, you know what happens? I don't get to get a new family. <laughs> I would have tried already, right? <laughs> if y'all saw some Christmases and some Thanksgivings and some birthdays, and we'd have probably tried to get a new family already. <laughs> That's not how family works. Yeah. So, so the body of Christ, man, we become brothers and sisters. We are family. Yep. And just because we have a disagreement doesn't mean we can't do life together. Yeah. We, we're going to disagree on stuff all the time. The question is, do we agree on the essentials? Not what we've determined are essentials, right? but like what Jesus Christ has determined is yeah. essential, yeah, which is that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. 
outside of that, there's not much. <laughs> like we could we can disagree on speaking in tongues. We we can disagree on methodology. We can disagree on all these things. Yeah. I'm saying just because something rubbed you the wrong way doesn't mean it's time for you to find another church. Hundred percent. Sometimes God stretches you in yeah. discomfort. Yeah. And the discomfort is meant to bring you to a place of holy discontentment to where yeah. you'll get up and do something. Yeah. And I think sometimes we we uproot ourselves before we get developed yep. because we got a little uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where discipline on the front end, like when you have uh, people within your church, I think it's huge to like continue to have that open dialogue of letting them know, hey, like I'm open to whenever you have an issue, let's let's come and talk about it. And yeah. I think a point that you had, uh, you had brought up uh, earlier in us chatting through um, was how be super open, even if you have those moments of you feel like, hey, like I need to, I, I'm I'm feeling like God's directing me to leave. Being open with that rather than just yeah waiting until the last minute and just mentioning something. Right. And so having well, open communication with with leadership is huge. Yeah. So my second thing is going to be um, have an honest conversation with your yeah, pastor. Yeah. Bingo. Like if you want to leave your church, or if you're thinking about leaving your church, have the honest conversation. Uh, it always bugs me when people come to me and they go, "Hey, Pastor, we're going we're going to go to another church. We've been praying about it for several months." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's why it bugs me. At that point, you're just informing me of a decision, right? Which means in in your head, you've already removed me as your pastor. Because as your pastor, I'm supposed to be in the in the trenches with you. Yeah. So when you feel like God's relocating you, I want to be involved in that process of prayer with you. Yeah. I'm not there when you come to me to say, I feel like I might need to find another church. I'm not there to fight to keep you. I'm there to pray for God's best yeah. over your life. Yeah. That might not be my place, yep. right? That might not be the place that I shepherd, the place that I pastor. That might be a church up the road, but God could give me insight for who your next leader yeah. could be, It's huge. but you didn't invite me into the process. Yeah. So what hurts is when people go, pastor, we've been praying about leaving, but you don't know. Mm-hmm. So you forfeited my ability to pastor you yeah. and care for you. Yeah. Have the honest conversation. That's huge. Yeah. And, and 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 in that honest conversation, when you feel like God is telling you to leave, don't rationalize it with human means. Mm, yeah. I, I stopped the guy in our lobby the other week because we were talking. And he said, Pastor, I'm gonna I'm gonna go find another church. God is leading me to another church. And I said, Man, praise God. I'm so excited for you to go there, for you to get rooted. And he said, Yeah, God is leading me. Uh, but I also have this issue with that. And I said, Hold on, hold on. Just stop. Yeah. You just said God is leading you. That's it. Go in peace. Yeah, yeah. We try and justify God's promptings with human reasoning. Yeah. Because in our world, it doesn't make sense that we would just relocate due to God. Right. Or we would relocate, we would change everything due to his promptings. So what we do with people, and I don't think we do it intentionally, I think it's just a tactic of the enemy, Right. is yes, God prompted us, but the enemy went, oh yeah, you're leaving because God, but here are the 17 things you hate. 
So when people go, why are you leaving? You go, well, I felt like God was leaving me. But, but, but really, <laughs> here, here's some things that, that yeah. I just wasn't being fed. Yeah. And it was like, okay, yeah. you know, what yeah. the heck does that even mean? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's, it's a, that's a huge point. And to, to hit on something as like a, a result of like a blessing that, that we're able to experience when you have that open communication, like especially with you, whenever somebody leaves, when they do that, you have the ability to, to like you said, like celebrate that yeah. decision with them of them being able to step into God's best for them into another season. And I think we've seen the result of that, like just to like throw, like throwing out a, a big celebration for us, our, our production coordinator, Darren, like he was a part of a church that taught yeah. that type of stuff well, that taught honoring their pastors well. And then now he was able, because he was in, it was Pennsylvania, correct? Yeah. And then he had found us through the ARC website and then plugged in here and has been, I mean, crushing it. And that's an understatement. God's gift. Yeah. And yeah. so in that, they have the ability to celebrate because he's plugged in somewhere and investing so much time yeah. and energy and care into what we're doing here but then we're also able to celebrate and then teaching and discipling people on how to if if and when people leave the church they know how to do it honorably to where another pastor and another church yeah. is able to live in the blessing of them stewarding that that discipline well and so yeah. i think that that's super super crucial in being open and in conversation so your teams can celebrate and your pastor can yeah. celebrate with you i'll hit this really fast and then uh i'll hit my last two things so we can wrap it up yeah um but i remember i used to get mad when people would leave right because it would all i would always be like lord i invested so much time and energy and it's just now it's wasted and I remember one day, uh, God, God was very clear and said, what if I needed your training for another shepherd mm. in another pasture? Right. And so I shifted my thinking. And, and I've said it to you and people on our team before. I want to help you serve your next pastor well. Yeah. I might be that guy who benefits from it <laughs> for a little while. Yeah. I'd rather send you out to bless somebody. Because there were plenty of times pre-launch and like the early days of our church, I didn't feel blessed yeah. <laughs> with some of the people <laughs> that I had been <clears throat> entrusted with. And so, um, you know, if we can help people yeah. do that, that's yeah. great. Yeah, that's uh, huge. Third thing is this. Um, unless God shows you the next direction, stay planted. Mm. Um, some people say, hey, if you don't know where you're going, then don't leave. Yeah. Um, I think... You know, when I look at the story of Abraham, God says, go to the land that I'll show you. Mm-hmm. But there was a direction in his steps. Yeah. In the event that God has not told you what's next, yeah. stay planted. Yeah. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Yeah. Invite your leaders. Invite your pastor into the process. Make sure you're not leaving because of church hurt. Yep. Churches don't hurt people. People hurt people. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> whole different podcast. Whole different podcast. The, the people hurt people podcast. Um, <laughs> we'd have plenty of stories there. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, in that, like, unless God uproots you, keep your roots deeply yeah. planted in the so local good. church. That's and so then good. the last thing is uh, honor all the way out. Yeah. Um. Sometimes when we leave a church, we don't know how to process the loss of relationships. Mm-hmm. 
So we destroy every memory we had. Mm. Wow. I again, I don't know that it's intentional. I think it's a tactic of the enemy. One hundred percent. That every good thing we did together for years, hundreds of people meeting Jesus, lives being changed, small groups, barbecue, come on, like baptisms, <laughs> all of that stuff we start to throw away and can only recall the negative things. Yeah. Well, of course there are negative things. We're people. Yep. And people are, well, they're people, you know, <laughs> like they're imperfect. They have faults and flaws like that. You're never going to get over that. Yep. But honor, uh, again, is not based on the actions of another person, but your character. And when you honor all the way out, even when you don't agree with everything, I believe God blesses that. Yeah, for sure. Um, because sometimes uh, dishonor is just rooted in a lack of perspective. Yeah. Because where you sit determines what you see. Yeah. So someone's vantage point from my decisions for my decisions is much different based yeah. on where they sit. Yeah. So they may be mad because they think I made this decision and they've assumed my motives and all of that right. stuff. But if they saw my vantage point, they would see a different perspective. Yep. So so I want to make sure that I'm always honoring because I realize that there's more perspectives than just my own. Yeah. And uh and honor always wins. Yeah, that's it's, so huge. Yeah. And so through all of these topics through this uh through this podcast as well as part 1 um, there's been a lot of talking on how how to handle different types of uh, situations whenever people leave, and we hope that this is something that helps helps you overcome that. That when those oppositions come, that you're able to handle it well. And so, if you are a church leader, or a pastor who is going through a similar situation, would encourage you uh, to be sure to take take notes, go back and listen in on on all of these uh, part one and part two. But also, if you have another church pastor. Uh, or, or leader that is a friend of yours who's going through a situation like this, be sure to share this with him. We thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope that this has helped you overcome obstacles and move your church forward. We'll see you next time.